Welcome to the Garbage Pod. One pod, one load of garbage. 29 and 28. Remanded in custody. There's something curious about this broadcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the Garbage Pod. Now, if you're hearing this music right now, that can only mean one thing. It's our annual delve into the global phenomenon that is the Eurovision Song Contest. The Eurovision Song Contest features artists from across Europe and strangely, Australia. Over the years, Eurovision has launched the careers of many bands and artists and probably the most famous of these is ABBA. Joining me for our unique take on the 64th edition of the Song Contest is my TGP nominal co-host and stateside Eurovision fan, John Berger. How you doing, John? Hello. Yes, it's, it's that time of year again. It is. It's been moving fast in the Eurovision world. It, well, if you say so, I don't hear much of it over here except <laughs> when it comes time for the semifinals and the final. Basically, from sort of like February onwards, every competitor in the competition floats around Europe and tries to promote their song. It's a big thing to do because there are 40-odd countries taking part in the competition (laughs) and, uh, uh, well, there's more than that because there's 40-odd competitors in the competition but there are more than that in the EBU. So you visit the ones that are not competing and hope that they will give you more points. So, wait, wait, wait. So there's actually some kind of uh, campaigning going on? Yeah, you could say that. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. It's big business. Because <laughs> what do they gain from that? You know, campaigning over here, uh, well, you elect your leaders. And we see how good that was last time around. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Now, the, the 64th Euros of Vision Song Contest will take place at the Expo Tel Aviv in Israel. Despite not being a European country in location, Israel has taken part in the Eurovision since 1973. You don't actually need to be part of Europe to compete in a contest. Think of Australia. Just be a member of the European Broadcasting Union and pay your fees. That's basically all you need to do. Well, just as long as America doesn't join that, because that would be really weird. Australia, I kind of get. The guy who runs Eurovision, he was in talks with America to do, not to get them in, involved with Eurovision, but to do a state-by-state state music competition. But um, I didn't hear anything else of that. How would that even work? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, it's not like over there, where at least each country has their own flair that they can add to it. Mm-hmm. It's not like every state has its own kind of musical taste. I mean, there are certain regions that are known for different styles of music, but... Sure, sure, but... Yeah. You know, California versus New York versus the South versus country, I mean, it's not a whole lot... Okay, maybe jazz for New Orleans, but it, that wouldn't work over here. As always, there are semifinals before we get to the final. The first semifinal is going to take place on the 14th of May. There are 17 countries taking part in that, and the first 10 songs will be going through to the grand final. When I say the first 10 songs, the the top 10 songs will be going through. The second semi-final will take place on the 16th of May, and 18 countries will be taking part in that. And once again, the top 10 songs will go through to the grand final from that. 
Well, the grand final is on the 18th of May with 26 participants, and this includes the Big Six, or the Big Five plus the host nation, which is obviously Israel. The Big Five are Germany, Spain, France, Italy, and the United Kingdom. These countries are made up of countries that make the most financial contributions to the EBU or the European Broadcasting Union over the years. I mean, we've been in it every year since 1957, I want to say. I think we've, we've been in it every year bar one because it started in 1956. All events take place at 9pm Central European time or 8pm British summertime or if you're in Australia, 5am on Sunday morning. <laughs> I think it's five in the afternoon here. That's at least reasonable. Yeah. I mean, by the time you've got through all the voting and everything, that's getting close to midnight, one o'clock here. So it's like, oh. <laughs> the Expo Tel Aviv includes the new Pavilion 2, which will be the arena for the Eurovision 2019. The Pavilion 2 was opened in 2015 and has a capacity of up to 10,000 people. The Israeli public broadcaster, or KAN, expects to have the capacity of 7,280 spectators in the arena, plus 46 commentator booths. The green room will be placed in another pavilion, so it's the first time they've separated the two. They've normally had them all in one building, and that will be Pavilion 1, and that will also host the press centre, whilst Pavilion 13 <laughs> will be used for the production of, the, of it, so they're using loads of different buildings within this complex. The slogan for Eurovision 2019 is Dare to Dream and the total budget for the contest is estimated to be 28.5 million euros. <sighs> KAN and the EBU have officially confirmed that the Israeli supermodel Bar Raffaele will be presenting Eurovision 2019 along with the Israeli TV hosts Erez Tal Asi Azar and Lucy Ayob. I hope I've pronounced those right, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Bar Raffaele is considered one of Israel's most successful international supermodels who appeared on the cover of Sports Illustrated 2009 and uh, was selected as the number one on Maximum Hot 100 list. She hosted Israeli's edition of The X Factor in 2013 and according to reports, she was in a relationship with Leonardo DiCaprio at one time. Like you do. <laughs> Erez Tal is one of the most experienced TV and radio hosts in Israel. He's been involved with all kinds of programs, including the Israeli version of Big Brother. Asi Azar is one of the hosts of the Israeli National Selection Show for Eurovision. They are considered to be one of the most famous gay TV hosts in Israel and has also hosted on Big Brother together with uh, Erez Tal. The last host is KAN's own Lucy Ayub. She's an Israeli Arab songwriter and TV host and was the Israeli spokesperson on behalf of KAN in Lisbon's Eurovision Song Contest in 2018. Now, the spokesperson is the person who gives out the scores for each of the different nations. So when they say, oh, this is London calling and they get somebody in to say, and now 10 points go to whatever they call those people spokespersons okay so we're going to have a short break and when we come back we're going to go through some eurovision news 
Tel Aviv, 12 points. Jerusalem, 12. Come to Tel Aviv with me, the parties will get ya. Jerusalem and all the food around ya. The beaches are so, the boys and girls are, and so much time to get their ten desired baby. Ready? Yalla balagan! Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, show you some more. What are you waiting? Yalla balagan! Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, show you some more. What are you waiting for? Tel Aviv, Jerusalem. Book your trip now. Here is the news. Now, there should have been 43 countries taking part in the 2019 contest, but in November 2018, Bulgaria pulled out due to financial reasons. Now, mm. when you see the actual costs to get involved with Eurovision, you can understand why some countries do pull out. It is an expensive business. Yeah. On the 6th of March 2019, the EBU confirmed that North Macedonia will be participating for the first time under its new name, instead of the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, which had been used since the country's first participation, and probably more complicated to say, so North Macedonia makes it a lot easier. <laughs> The Ukrainian broadcaster has decided to withdraw from Eurovision Song Contest in 2019 following some very turbulent days starting with the national final. In the Ukraine, the participants were interrogated about their relationship with Russia during the show and the broadcaster announced that they had the right to reject the result of the public vote. Following Maruv's win on the national vote, the broadcaster sent Maruv's management a contract requiring her to cancel all appearances and performances in Russia in order to become a Ukrainian representative. Now, that poses a problem because, I've mentioned before, the competitors have to go around to the different countries to promote their song. This includes going to Russia. Okay. Shooting themselves in the foot there. Yeah. Maruv was given 48 hours to sign the contract or be replaced by another participant. Maruv revealed that the contract included clauses that banned her from improvising on stage, communicating with any journalist without the permission of the broadcaster, and required her to fully comply with any requests that the broadcaster threw at her. She would also have to pay her own way in the competition, i.e. flights, accommodation and everything that goes along with it. That includes any musicians, dancers or anyone else in the entourage. If she broke the contract, she would be fined €65,000. What the hell was this broadcaster thinking? Writing on Facebook, the 27-year-old, whose real name was Anna Korshan, said, I am a citizen of Ukraine, I pay taxes and I sincerely love ukraine but i am not ready to turn my participation in the contest into the promotion for our politicians i am a musician rather than a bat for the political stage she added i sincerely thank and appreciate everyone who believed in me and voted they accept this situation and not take a confrontational path wow then the ukrainian broadcaster said okay if you're not going to do it, we're going to ask the person who came second to take on the role as the representative for the Ukraine. They turned down the role in solidarity to Maruv. Good. So they went to the third person and the fourth person, and they both turned down the role. So they had no choice but to actually uh, withdraw from the competition. Well, that's fair enough. But she's right, though. Keep politics out of the competition. That's nuts. 
Yeah, Maruva's performed at multiple times in Russia and has scheduled some number of performances in Russia over the next couple of months, obviously part of the whole Eurovision thing. Many fans suspected that the concerts in Russia could have cost Maruva a Eurovision ticket. However, Maruv assures that this is not the case. She said the cancellation of the concerts in Russia was not fundamental to us. The main differences were caused by the clauses in the contract, which if I sign, it would become enslaving for me. Shortly after she was crowned the winner of the public vote, the Ukrainian Vice Prime Minister and Minister of Culture wrote on Twitter, The representative of Ukraine cannot be an artist who tours the aggressor state or has plans to do so again and doesn't realise it's unacceptable. Therefore, the story of the Ukrainian entrant for Eurovision is far from complete. So, yeah, it got a little bit messy. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. Now, after big names like Sara Olto representing Finland in 2018, she was big business in, in Finland. I mean, she was the voice of Anna in uh, the Finnish version of Frozen and all kinds of stuff. Um, they are bringing another big gun to the stage in the shape of the multi-platinum award-winning producer and DJ, De Rude, along with singer mm-hmm. Sebastian Rejman. The duo created three songs that competed in the Finnish national selection. The song chosen by the Finnish public is called Look Away and won with 42% of the public vote. Darude is one of the most successful Finnish artists of the modern era and a true global artist um, and he remains one of the dance music's most influential stars. At the height of the trance boom in the late 90s and early noughties, Darude created the milestone single sandstorm the track Mm -hmm. went on to become one of the biggest selling dance singles of history the electronic dance music with over 10 million global sales and has accumulated hundreds and thousands of stream worldwide across streaming platforms like spotify and youtube to is probably not as well known in the u.s as Sandstorm only reached 83 in the charts over in America. But here in the UK, it reached number three in the charts. Are you aware of the song? Well, it's not a song, actually. No, actually, I, I do know that song. Yeah. Well, I think it sounds like the uh, when, when your phone starts up, when, you, when you're getting a text message or something. <laughs> but um, uh, for anybody out there, here's a, here's a quick blast of it for you. Yeah, so that's um, Sandstorm, so that's what he's most famous for. Now, Sebastian Regman, or Regman, he's known for being in the band The Giant Leap and for his role in Finland's most popular drama series, Psych. His voice will be familiar to Darude fans all over the world because Regman is on the vocals for Darude's track Moments and One Lifetime, so they've, they've worked together for a, a long while. Um, I was quite disappointed... <laughs> With it because I'm used to Darude stuff being really up tempo stuff, and what he produced for Eurovision wasn't so. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I know. But really, that I'm kind of disappointed with this year as a whole. I mean, granted, for me, the high spot was 2016. Lots of great songs, lots of different genres. 17 in last year, they weren't too bad. You know, last year was pretty good. We had some some straight up Nashville country, you know, with uh, with Waylon and so forth. Mm-hmm. So that at least changed it up a bit. But man, this year it just feels like Europop and ballad. That seems to be it. This is a really tough year to come up with anything. 
I think what happens in Eurovision a lot of the time is when something has a successful run, the other countries go, well, it was successful for them. We'll go with that. Yeah, maybe. No, this this one was a tough year. Uh, quite, why did you go through all of that anyway? Neither of us chose the songs. No, um, I was just making a point of saying that there was somebody in the competition that is a big name. Okay, fair enough. The live final of Eurovision Song Contest has recently attracted some big stars like Justin Timberlake to keep us entertained in between the insane performers and the other countries giving the United Kingdom nil points. Now, it looks like the rumours have come true as none other than the Queen of Pop Madonna has signed up to perform uh, this year at Tel Aviv. The star has been paid $1 million to perform two songs. The European Broadcasting Union has confirmed that Madonna will sing a brand new track and a well-known hit. The billionaire businessman, Sylvian Adams, has stepped in to foot the bill for Madonna's trip. Madonna has a strong connection with Israel, including her Israeli manager, Guy Osaray, and her well-known connection to the Kabbalah religion. She is expected to be joined by a 160-person entourage and will arrive four days before the grand final takes place. It is rumoured that two other artists or may be appearing during her performance. Sylvian Adams said, I am excited and proud to host Madonna in Israel and bring her to Eurovision. I believe her participation in the event will dramatically enhance the media exposure that the state of Israel will receive and will contribute significantly to the success of the Eurovision Song Contest and the branding of Israel throughout the world. Now, in recent years, the Eurovision contest has continued to expand. And since 2016, Logo has broadcast the contest in the United States, meaning fans could enjoy the contest there as well. Unfortunately for them, Logo TV won't be showing this year's event. Wait, what? While American Eurovision fans were really happy about the decision to broadcast in the United States, not too many actually tuned in. 74,000 viewers watched the live broadcast last year. That's a share of 0.02%. Great. Looks like I'm going to have to be buying a VPN. You might not have to because they might unblock it because it's not being broadcast That's anymore. true. That's true. Hey, then I might actually get to see the semifinals. Yeah. Just, just have to see what happens then. Yeah, I. either way, I, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. I'm sure, legal or otherwise. <laughs> the national selection process for each country is a huge undertaking, but the UK national selection show has taken a backward step in its approach this year. Now, we, we kind of mentioned this slightly on um, TGP Nominal. The British selection show is called Eurovision You Decide, but in reality, you don't. <laughs> A few weeks before the live show, the BBC released videos by all six of the acts taking part. Eurovision superfan and spokesperson for the BBC results, Mel Gedroich, and winner of the Eurovision Song Contest in 2015, Marn Zemelo, hosted the show. The public were looking forward to voting on which six acts would be eventually representing the UK in Tel Aviv, but this wasn't to be the case. In the new format change, three competing songs were performed in two different ways by six different acts, with two acts performing their own arrangements of the same song and then so on and so on. A so-called panel of expert judges determined which of the three acts and version of each song would go forward to face the public vote. The panel included former X Factor contestant and co-commentator during the Eurovision semi-finals for the BBC, Rylan Clark-Neil. He was the head judge. 
Former X Factor contestant from the boy band JLS and TV and radio DJ Marvin Humes and former X Factor contestant and member of the girl band The Saturdays, Molly King, who incidentally, Molly is in the same band as Marvin Humes' wife, Rochelle. So can you see a pattern forming? Oh, a little bit. <laughs> Wondering if Simon Cowell had some kind of involvement in this somewhere <laughs> along the line. So the public actually only got to vote for three acts that had been predetermined by the panel. So, yeah, it's not exactly you decide, you sort of decide. (laughs) This is a complete flip side of how some countries deal with the national vote, especially when it comes to countries like Sweden, who really take it to another level. Their public vote show is called Melody Festavalen, and they have 28 acts in the competition which takes place over six weeks between February and March at arenas across Sweden. Not only do they have a public vote, they even have an international jury vote with representatives from Portugal, Austria, Australia, Cyprus, France, Finland, Israel and the UK. So this will explain why Sweden have won Eurovision six times. Yeah. (laughs) It is a festival. Pretty much every country, their event takes place over a matter of weeks, apart from the UK and Ireland. Yeah. I've been digging out some random facts about Eurovision, and some of these may surprise you. From 1956 to 1998, all the songs were accompanied by a live orchestra. But from 1999 onwards, the orchestra was dropped so that they could just have a backing track. From 1978 to 1998, the rules stated that each country had to sing in one of their national languages. All Eurovision songs must not be longer than three minutes. It is not allowed to have more than six people on the stage, including backing singers and dancers. Until 1971, the limit was only three people on the stage. In 2004, there were 37 countries giving points, resulting in a very long voting procedure. (laughs) The voting time was cut in 2006, where each spokesperson started just to announce their top three. So 10 points, 11 points and 12 points. The rest of them just went on the board automatically. Before Australia was invited to take part in Eurovision, the percentage of viewers for Eurovision was higher in Australia than in some of the countries taking part. This is why Australia are taking part. In 1969, there were four winners. They all had the same amount of points. Back then, there were no rules for what happened with a tie. So if there was a tie today, the country with the points from the most countries would win. Luxembourg has won five times, but none of the five winners actually came from Luxembourg. Four were French and one was Greek. (laughs) Ireland holds the record for the most victories in Eurovision Song Contests. Seven victories. 1970, 1980, 1987, 1992, 1993, 1994 and 1996. Norway has finished last nine times. They came last in 63, 69, 74, 76, 78, 81, 1990, 1997 and 2001. Dang. (laughs) The longest running losers are the Cypriots. They have never won the competition yet. Portugal won it in 2017. Mm -hmm. It took them 49 years before they actually won the competition. Wow. In 1978, 
Jordan was actually broadcasting the contest and showed a bowl of flowers instead of the Israeli entry on their screen. When Israel went on to win, they pretended it was Belgium. Okay, how would they explain that the following year? I have no idea. (laughs) And lastly, in 1974, the United Kingdom gave zero points to ABBA. And that'll probably explain why we do lousy in the competition, because I don't think anyone's (laughs) ever forgiven us for that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay, then. Well, you know, it's hindsight. So we're going to have a short break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about how we did last year. awards its 12 points to 12 points go to Ukraine Denmark Sweden Portugal We are all heroes and we are unstoppable So now it's time for our Garbage Pod Sum Contest, where John and I predict who we think will do well in Eurovision. Now, before we make our predictions for Tel Aviv 2019, it's the moment John and I have been waiting for, the results on how we did in choosing the winner of the Lisbon 2018 contest. Now, before we carry on, I just need to go over the rules. John and I picked two songs from the first semi-final, plus an honourable mention. We then picked two songs from the second semi-final, plus another honourable mention. And then one song from the big six, that's the big five, plus the host nation, plus another honourable mention. We then added up the official points for any songs that were picked that made it through to the grand final. Now, since 2017, we decided to include our honourable mentions in our scoring because we're useless at picking the songs. (laughs) And due to the fact that Eurovision can be a little bit unpredictable. But there is a condition to this. Our honourable mentions will only score half points. I think I uh, got that right. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. And sometimes, sometimes there are more than just two songs that are really good. It's like, well, you know, that one wasn't that bad. We want to at least give it some credit. But otherwise, yeah, well, hey, sometimes that can really help. Yeah, yeah, it does. Because even with half scores, if they get like 300 points, that's still (laughs) quite a lot. (laughs) So shall we see how we did? Sure. Okay, in the first semi-final... John picked Azerbaijan and Estonia with Czech Republic as his honourable mention and I picked Croatia, Switzerland with Sweden as my honourable mention. Now Sweden, Czech Republic and Estonia qualified. So you had two and I had one Well, two of yours got disqualified, yeah. 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 And one of mine got disqualified. 
So we went on to the second semi-final. John picked Australia, the Netherlands and Norway as his honourable mention. And I picked Norway and the Netherlands and Austria as my honourable mention. Australia, the Netherlands, Norway and Austria all went through to the grand final. So that worked out a bit better. (laughs) (laughs) Now come our big six picks. John chose Germany with the UK as his honourable mention. And strangely... They were my picks also. (laughs) (laughs) This means John has seven countries going through to the grand final and I have six. Let's see how our picks did in the grand final. The UK came 24th with 48 points. Australia came 20th with 99 points. The Netherlands came 18th with 121 points. Norway came 15th with 144 points. Estonia came 8th with 245 points. Sweden came 7th with 274 points. Czech Republic came 6th with 281 points. Germany came 4th with 340 points. And Austria came 3rd with 342 points. So, after adding up our points, and remembering that we only get half points for our honourable mentions, I got 937 points. And John got 1,042, which means John is beating me to one. Because 2016, before we implemented the half points, I had 902, you had 714. 2017, you beat me with 883 versus 591. I got crushed. Three of my songs got disqualified there. And the only thing that saved me from last year was the fact that I only had one disqualified because you crushed me in the honorable mentions, but I managed to get four out of my five. You had three out of the five, and it still ended up, uh, that, that's uh, just a little over 100-point difference. Yeah. Well, hopefully I can do better with my predictions for Tel Aviv, and we'll find out what songs John and I have chosen for Eurovision after this break. We are presenting an exciting big change in the voting procedure of the Eurovision Song Contest. This is how it works. First, each national professional jury will award 1 to 8, 10 and 12 points to their favourites. In the grand final, these points will be announced by the spokespersons from all participating countries in the usual way. Based on the televoting, each country will award a second set of 1 to 8, 10 and 12 points to the 10 songs they like most. The televoting points from all countries will be combined and announced by the host, starting with the country receiving the fewest points from the public, and ending with the country that received the highest number of points from the televoting. So the winner will only be known at the very end of the show. In the semi-finals, the same voting system will be used, but only 10 qualifiers will be announced as usual. After the grand final, you can find the individual jury votes and televoting rankings on our website, eurovision.tv. So, John, are you ready for this? No, I am not looking forward to this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, semi-final one was bad. I got my notes here with me. And I will give an initial listen through and then just mark what I think is right, what I think is wrong, and and so on and so forth. And right now I've got one, two, three, four, five from semifinal one that just has a big no behind it. (laughs) And then you look at the rest, it's, oh, okay, it's pop, 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 ballad, pop, pop. It's like, what? what the 
heck is going on? Well, over recent years, our fallback has been the Netherlands because over the last few years, they've they've been pretty good. But this year, not so much. Uh, Netherlands. Okay, they were number two. Mm. Yeah, it, that uh, that was a power ballad. Yeah, I'm like wow, what really? And and for me, one of my fallback ones because usually they do something a little bit out of the box, a little bit more. Montenegro. Yes, they didn't this year. It was. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, because you're right. Doesn't Montenegro usually do something more hard rock, that sort of thing? Well, they've done a hard rock thing, and then they've done a kind of a cross between like New Order and Duran Duran style thing. Yeah. And then one year they did dubstep, which was a bit oh, wow. weird. But this year they've kind of toned it down a bit. And it's like. Yeah, I feel like they played it safe. Yeah. Okay, so what we'll do is if we, we go with your first choice for semi final one. No pain, no gain Teach me carelessness And I'm about to see all that's made up And everything they want from us No pain, no gain Once bitten, make way and I can't hide it I won't fight this yearning feeling inside Gotta get That was, and I hope I'm pronouncing this, uh, Katerine Duska, and uh, she's a Greek-Canadian singer-songwriter. She actually co-wrote that song. Currently, she's based in Athens. Her acclaimed debut album, called Embodiment, was released in 2016, and in 2018, her single Fire Away was selected for an official television campaign in uh, Canada. Keep in mind, again, you know, the, the, the first semi-final didn't have a whole lot going on for it, but that's it's, just, it's a nice powerful song and she's got kind of a uh, an amy winehouse thing going on you always seem to pick these ones with really big production behind it which builds up i do and, <laughs> i do <laughs> and i got this feel of it's, it's almost like from a musical like the greatest showman or something like that it's got that kind of big yeah yeah the, the second it. half is definitely far more powerful and, and orchestral yeah um but yeah, you're right. I'm not going to argue that that's kind of what I, I lean toward. <laughs> and this one had that. Plus, like I said, she's got that voice that kind of makes her stand out a little bit more from, from especially the other songs from Semi-Final One. Yeah. So that, that, that's, that one simply stood out to me. It's like, hey, you know what? I like that one. That's one that if I heard on the radio, I would not turn it off. Unlike a lot of the songs from Semi-Final One. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go with my first choice. Can you feel it? Someone sliding up and down the ceiling Breathing He's synchronizing with a beating heart With a She was my neighbor When we were 13 She moved back in There's not much between us now Do you know what I mean? Woo! 
I know why you chose that one. <laughs> that that is so eighties new wave. Oh yeah. There's um a, a Swedish band called Alpha Beats who do songs very similar to this, and I love them. They're a brilliant band. Um, now the other reason why I chose this one this this has been one of my favourites since the the songs started getting announced, which were coming out, and. Right at the beginning of the process, when um, countries started releasing their songs, um, there was only five released at the time. Five countries released their songs, and this was one of them. This is Czech, uh, from the Czech Republic, and they're called Lake Malawi, and the song's called Friend of a Friend, if you didn't realise that already. Um, it was the only one out of the five that stood out. The rest of them were as we mentioned, power ballads, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. this really stood out. And at that point, I said, well, whatever happens, this is going to be one of my picks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Lake Malawi opened for 30 Seconds to Mars in Prague in 2014, which is a big deal because the 30 Seconds to Mars are a, a, a big band. Um, they also later caught the attention of both the Kooks and Mika's managers. I don't know if you're familiar with those artists. Mika is massive uh, across um, Europe. I think he also made the charts in America as well. He did did a song called Grace Kelly, um, which was big everywhere. Um, and yet I also thought that this sounded a little bit like Mika's music as well. Um because it got the attention of the managers of these bands that actually secured the Lake Mawalawi a support role at both of those acts Prague events. So that was pretty cool. Uh, they've played over 300 gigs in the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Poland, Austria, and the United Kingdom. And um, their music has also appeared in Czech films as well. And... Um, yeah, I think it's pretty catchy. I actually relate to the song, to be honest with you. I, the the, the storyline behind it where, you know, he used to live next door to this girl when he was young and then she moved away and now she's moved back again and she doesn't really know him. Mm -hmm. um, I can relate to that. <laughs> we won't go into that now. <laughs> no, no that's, that's good. That's good. No, that was on my, that was on my list. I was like, my, my marking for that one is uh, not bad. So <laughs> it was in the initial running. Not that this surprises me at all, considering our the uh, similarity in our musical tastes. Mm -hmm. So this is your your second choice.
don't know what you mean about those high production value songs that I like. I didn't actually like this song until I actually played it through headphones. Really? Yeah. And then you can really hear the yeah the production on it. Yeah, that's when all the instrumentation comes through and, and just the stuff that makes it nice and full and rich. I kind of get this image of them being inspired by people like Evanescence or something like that. There's a really hard guitar in there that's really good. And then you get these um, violins that give it that really Eastern European flair to it, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, orchestral rock. I guess that's the category you might want to call it. Mm. Yeah, that was one of those the first time I heard. I was like, hey, that's actually, I I like that one. I like that one. So that is uh, Kruna. This is for Serbia, and I'm going to botch her name. I know it, and I will apologize in advance. Uh, Nevena Bozovic, I think. That sounds I, good. I pol- <laughs> uh, so, But she's been doing music for a long time. She completed her elementary and high school music, uh, specializing in piano, uh, studied music at the University of the Arts in Belgrade, and she performed at a bunch of music festivals and competitions, and actually started to do some things with Eurovision when she was 13, when she finished in third place at the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. So she made her first appearance at Eurovision back in 2013 as one of the band members for My Three, and finished 11th in the first semifinal. So the song was also co-written by her, and just a few days ago she released an English version, which uh, has been retitled as uh, Eternal Light. Kruna directly translated, I believe, as crown. Kind of a far from eternal light, but that's the way she did the lyrics, so <laughs> that's what she renamed it to. Right, so my turn. All my life I've tried to find The meaning of what's left behind They say it's life itself, but I feel it might, it might be all wrong A storm like this can break a man like this And when it all comes down We're still safe and sound So that was Victor Krohn and Storm. Now, Victor Krohn is actually Swedish. He was born in Osterlaka in uh, in Sweden. He grew up in a musical family with his grandmother being a singer and his grandfather being a violinist. But it wasn't until his parents brought him his first guitar at the age of 12 that he began to embrace his musicality. At the age of 14, he began to sing and write his own songs. And at 18, he got an incredible opportunity to travel to the United States to write music in Tennessee, New York, and the iconic Capitol Records in Los Angeles. Nice. In 2015, he competed in the Swedish national final for the Eurovision Song Contest with the song We Are Not For That, making it to the second chance round. And in 2016... 
he met a guy called Stieg Raster, who is an Estonian. And during his songwriting trip to Stockholm, they instantly connected. And shortly afterwards, Stieg invited Victor to Estonia and they have been working together ever since. Storm was created during one of Victor's visits to Estonia. The verses came first, but it was many months later before the right chorus came along. (laughs) The song was completed just as the submission for the Estonia Eurovision selection opened, and it was Stig and the rest of the songwriting's team's suggestion that the song was entered into the competition. Representing Estonia is a huge honour for Victor, which he does not take very lightly. He's currently based in Estonia and he's challenging himself to learn new Estonian words every day. He was pleasantly surprised and humbled by the amount of love he has received from the Estonian public and he's hoping to make proud the country that has welcomed him so warmly. Yeah, as I say, he's Swedish and we know what the Swedes are like for coming up with songs. The, the song itself is it's got a little bit of a country feel to it. Goes into more like a dance music kind of thing, which is very popular at the moment where you've got people like Rita Ora doing stuff like that. Kyla Minogue is doing stuff like that at the moment. And Mark Ronson is also doing stuff like that with Miley Cyrus. So it's it's hmm. a very popular sound. That was one of those as I was listening to him the first time through. I was like, oh, that's not bad. That's pretty decent. So yeah, I'm with you on that one. So now it's time for your honourable mention. You look sad and lonely. Is something wrong tonight? Why this rush to run away? Things will be all right. Just be strong and look at me, hear me when I say Who cares that you're out of love, it happens every day All your dreams have gone away, no matter what you do Love all colors of this life and to yourself be true Don't forget my number, call me anytime I will always tell you life is beautiful and fine Say na 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 on the dark deserted way, say na 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 There's a light for you that way, says na 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 Say na na na, say na 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 You're not alone, so stand up na 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 Be a hero, be the rainbow and sing so that was for San Marino. That was Serhat, who we have heard before because he was also in 2016. Uh, that song was I Didn't Know, which ironically... I really just could not take, (laughs) did not like that song. But one thing that's definitely consistent between the two, he loves his 1970 disco slash funk songs. Yeah. Because that's also what I didn't know was was like. I'm getting a real kind of Giorgio Moroda, Nile Rogers kind of thing from it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Even even I didn't know it starts out that way. Mm -hmm. That one is even more... 1970s than this one, I think. But uh, yeah, he's he's a big one in the music industry. He originally started his career hosting a show called Riziko, which is the Turkish version of Jeopardy. All right. Uh, he produced the show himself 
and won Best Television Presenter and Best Television Producer in Turkey for two years in a row. Wow. Uh, back in 97, he founded the National and International High School's Music Contest, and ever since then, he's been guiding and coaching musicians. Uh, like I said, back in 2016, he also represented San Marino again with I Didn't Know. And one of the things that I didn't know, no pun intended, was that that song didn't make it to the grand final, but it actually reached the 25th position in the Billboard dance charts here in the States. Wow. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, what? What? So that song was actually popular over here. There's a little tidbit for today. Um, (laughs) So yeah, and this time he's not only the artist on the song, but he is also the composer and lyricist as well. This one stood out nicely from the others. I was like, yeah, I like that one. Because as soon as I saw his name, I was like, oh, oh, he's back? Okay, well... Let's see what this song is like, and this one worked. I like this one. There's not a lot to the lyrics. No, there's not. But bearing in mind, I can't remember what year it was now, but we are going back quite a few years. There was a song called La La La, and it actually said La 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 something like 148 times during the song, so... (laughs) Oh, God, I vaguely remember that. I think I've intentionally forgotten it. (laughs) I'm going to look that one up. As I say, it's, it's really funky and very upbeat, which um, in the past, San Marino was prone for doing ballads, but um, I think they've kind of got out of that rut, as it was. Okay. I must have been thinking of another song, because the one you're talking about looks like it was 1968. Yeah. Okay, I must have been thinking of something else then. Yeah, there's been quite a few songs with uh, some weird lyrics like that. I mean, um, we did one one year called Boom Bang a Bang. By Lulu. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a different age. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so my honorary mention for the first semi-final is this one here. You got a problem to aim up in your head. Let's just be honest tonight. Tamta and Replay from Cyprus. Now, Tamta was born and raised in Georgia, uh, the country, not the, the state in America. <laughs> Bef- uh, yes, I, thank you. We got that. <laughs> <laughs> Before moving to Greece at the age of 22, she took part in the TV show Greek Idol and took second place. She's currently one of the most successful and influential artists in the Greek pop music industry and also considered one of the best vocalists and performers in Greece. Up until today, she's released four studio albums, 12 digital singles, 26 music videos, and uh, she's won a lot of awards and numerous award nominations. Most of her singles top 
the radio charts through the years. Parallel to her stunning music career, she has starred uh, in musicals such as Rent, where she played Mimi, and Cabaret, where she played Sally Bowles. Being chosen for the leading role for musicals and receiving the, the reviews from the audience, she did really well critically there. Between 2014 and 2018, she was one of the judges on the talent show X Factor in Georgia and in Greece, uh, an experience that accelerated her popularity and fame to high levels in both countries. Now, the reason why I picked that song is it's become a bit of an earworm because it's actually made the radio over in the UK, so it's, it gets quite a lot of airplay over here. See, on my first pass-through, that was one of the songs to get a big no. <laughs> oh, well. As I say, it's it's one of these songs that gets played on the radio quite a lot over here, so it's kind of got embedded. That refrain to me is like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> right, shall we go on to our... <sighs> Some final two? Yeah, th- this one was a relief, because at least there's, for our ears... There's a better selection of songs on this one. Of course, that makes it a bit more difficult because then it's like, oh, there are a bunch of songs that I want to put on there. Eh. So it was a bit more challenging, but at least there was a better selection of songs as far as I'm concerned. So this was your first choice. Okay, uh, high production value, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you, you, you have me pinned on this one. <laughs> so that one was uh, Sergei Lazarev, and that one also is what raised my eyebrows because one of his songs from 2016, uh, You Are My Only One, that was a song that I also chose for that one. And it's still one of those that I listen to a lot. Whenever, you know, whenever I'm playing the, the Eurovision 2016, I've got my own set list of songs that I like. And this his song is right in there with it. So when I saw his name, I was like, oh, cool. And uh, he didn't disappoint as far as I'm concerned. Uh, amazing voice. The, the range and power that he has. Great orchestration. Yeah, ballad. Okay, get it. But when you find someone you like, you've admitted that you voted for people from the UK just because they were from the UK. And uh, in, in this case, he's from Russia. But, you know, I like what he's already done before. And I will admit... Um, if Poets of the Fall ever represented Finland, it could be the worst song in Eurovision history, and I'd still vote for them because they're Poets of the Fall, and I love them. So, <laughs> no, I do remember Sergey from 2016 because he did that uh, 
piece on stage where he was climbing up those blocks uh, on the wall. Oh, yeah, that really cool bright cube. That was so cool. But even that, I mean, the song was really good, too. As for Sergei himself, uh, again, this is his second time. He was originally in 2016 with You Are the Only One. Uh, but, I mean, he's been in music contests since he was 12. And in 2002, he was part of the duo Smash, which won New Wave International Contest of Young Performers in Latvia. And their first album sold over one million copies. But he, he's also done several voiceovers. Uh, he's played Prince Arthur in Shrek the Third. The Wolf Humphrey in Alpha and Omega, and he played the role of Troy Bolton, who was played by Zac Efron, for Disney's movie High School Musical. I'm assuming that these are Russian dubs. Yeah. But, I mean, he's also won several awards since then, uh, including Best Song for You Are the Only One back in 2017 with the Muse TV Awards, uh, Russian Music Box Channel Awards Video of the Year, but his latest album, Epicenter, was released on iTunes and so forth, and it's it's his first album recorded entirely in Russian. But yeah, I heard that song, and I saw it was him, and I was like, okay, I'm probably going to like this. And then I heard it, and I was like, mm, yeah, voting for that one. A very powerful song. And one of, one of the bits I really like in that is when the, everything is turned down, and there's this kind of a, ooh, and then the music comes back in again. And that is just awesome, that part. <laughs> Grabs your attention. <laughs> this is the Garbage Pod, where your input is our output. Now, my first choice from semi-final two. Come over my long lost friend and work on a happy end. Imagine what we could do after what we've been through. While we make it tough, the world has had enough. Don't get too political And who are we to judge? It doesn't take too much Only just a miracle Love is forever So that was Leonora from Denmark with the song called Love Is Forever. The 20-year-old is a young woman with many talents. As a figure skater, she has won the Danish Championships three times and participated in the Junior World Championships and the Nordic Championships. Music has always been part of her life, but at the age of 15, she became more serious about music and started training her voice, playing the guitar and writing songs. In her song Love Is Forever, she sings four languages in three-minute duration of the song the song is mainly english but it changes in the third verse to french then has a part in her mother tongue of danish followed by a line in german and to conclude the last chorus is in french and english the use of multiple languages emphasizes the song's message that love is for everyone and forever no matter where you were born and what you believe in and it's such a cute song it is that's my honorable mention yeah, I noticed that. And it's one of these ones that you, you do get blown away by when you start hearing the other language coming in. Um, I really love that. It's a cute song. It, it's whimsical. It, it's fun, for lack of a better term. 
And it definitely is the only song of its kind in all of Eurovision this year. Mm-hmm. It is very different. And it's usually the kind of thing you you expect from Germany, actually. They come up with songs that are a little bit like that in the past. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Keep thinking back to uh, uh, Lena with that adorable German slash Cockney accent back in, what was that, 2010? <laughs> yeah, and then they had another one a few years ago that was like right out of Japan, which was weird. He's like, this is from Germany, and it's like the the singer was all dressed up in Japanese outfits and was like, what is going on here? <laughs> this is Eurovision. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So now it's time for your second choice. Days came and went But nothing ever really felt the same But you left a space Where everything reminds me of your face Is it too late for love? Mm-hmm. Is it too late for love? I wanna know I could be the sun that lights you dark Maybe I will let your world with just one spark I could make it burn for you Maybe we would all the ocean carry on. So that was John Lundvik from Sweden with Too Late for Love. And uh, that's just a nice, solid pop song. But man, that gospel choir in the back yeah. made it. Yeah. That totally made it for me. That set it apart from just about everything else. Now, that would have been my choice if I didn't go for Leonora, to be honest. <laughs> the one thing I will say is not only is he representing Sweden, he also co-wrote this. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than you and me. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than everything we see. Cause I can feel the universe when I'm feeling you breathe. It's bigger than us. And it's bigger than you and me. It's bigger Really? Yeah. John Lundvik co-wrote Bigger Than Us, which is the UK entry this year. Huh. I'm surprised you didn't pick that one, um, to be quite honest. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I didn't vote for it in the, uh, the UK selections. <laughs> well, I didn't vote for you. You don't vote for kings. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know he co-wrote that uh, He's actually written a lot more than that He first got his big recognition as a songwriter back in 2010 After he wrote the wedding song for Crown Princess Victoria and Daniel With a song, uh, When You Tell the World You're Mine He's done music for films like Empire, Fast Cash He's also written the official Swedish Olympic song, All About the Games so he's definitely been uh, writing songs for a while. Yeah. But his breakthrough really came through last year when he received the assignment to sing at a tribute concert celebrating Sweden's King Sylvia's 70th birthday. So he was already contracted to participate in one of Sweden's summer tours 
as of this year, as well as an upcoming Christmas tour. He's definitely a, a big name in Sweden when it comes to songwriting and singing, I guess. Yeah. So let's go with my choice then, which is this one here. I see 22, oh, it's like deja vu. Boy, if you only knew This time I messed it up But I can't give you up Your face is all I got Yeah, I know I've always been afraid to say How I feel But that's got to change Every time I'm with somebody I'm confusing him with you Yeah, that was Sarah McTurnan uh, from Ireland with a song called 22. Now, she's from a place in County Clare called Scarif, which um, for us who are geeks, that's the name of a planet that's in Star Wars Rogue <laughs> One. <laughs> She came third in the fourth series of The Voice of Ireland in 2015 and at her blind audition the four judges turned their chairs and her coach and mentor was Rachel Stevens from S Club 7. Sarah plays traditional violin, guitar, ukulele, piano and tin whistle. Last year, Sarah competed to represent San Marino in the 2018 Eurovision Song Contest in Lisbon with a song called Eye of the Storm. I kind of like that song. It's another cute one. Everybody's got a story about love lost and you go past their house and go, "Mm, I wonder what they're doing now. You know, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So I think everyone can relate to that kind of thing. No, that's a fun song. Again, it, it certainly sets itself apart from the, the power ballads and so forth that we got thrown at us this year. Yeah, and I think that's what we've been homing in on this year, I think, is the ones that weren't <laughs> those kind of songs. <laughs> well, because at least these differentiate themselves, at least in some way. How can you really be expected to stand out at Eurovision or any song contest when the majority of the songs sound like each other? Yeah, that is a problem. So... Um, we've already done your honourable mention with Leonora, so here is mine. Anna Odebescu from Moldova with a song called Stay. Anna is a vocal coach at the Kishino School of Arts 
Anna has taken part in various musical competitions and won many national and international awards. She was a contestant in the Russian version of The Voice. She took part in last year's national selection for Moldova, but didn't win, only coming fifth. Anna is she, she's an amazing artist and um, so powerful with her voice, and, that, and the arrangement in that song is, is huge as well. Oh, her voice is amazing. Um, the, the clip I, I did wasn't... It didn't do the song justice as far as I'm concerned, but the, you couldn't do very much with it without playing the whole song. It's, it's one of those kind of tunes. Yeah. Now, I think that sounds a little bit like... Uh, do you know the artist Anastasia? No. She, I mean, in the 90s, she was massive over here, and she's appeared in musicals and all kinds of stuff. Ah, oh, let's see. I'm looking up here. I finally found her discography. Mm-hmm. They're not even listed in the U.S. Really? Wow. All of the peak chart positions are Europe or Australia. Nothing in the U.S. Wow. So she's basically unknown here. That's weird, that, really. Well, I suppose it's not, because there's been quite a few American artists that came over here first and then um, did better over here and then made it over to America, but she obviously hasn't made the transition over to America. No, guess not. Let's do the big six. So your one is coming right up. Te compran porque te vendes Te vendes porque te sobras, te pierdes porque hay camino, te digo hay otras cosas, te sales porque te quieres, te quieres tu mente en forma, te eliges porque hay camino, te digo hay otras cosas, la venda ya cayó. And that was Mickey. That seems to be all the that he goes by. And that is La Venda, which is the blindfold. Again, it's one of those songs that it differentiates itself. It's light. I, I could pick out a few words here and there. <laughs> <laughs> for the most for the most part though you know, um, yeah you know I'm American we're monolinguistic over here it was fun to listen to you know, a lot of energy and it's just now for all I know it could be really fun musically and the lyrics could be absolutely depressing I don't know I couldn't understand what he was saying <laughs> but you know again it stood out from the rest and I, I enjoyed it. Got that kind of um, carnival vibe to it, you know, like, uh-huh. like yeah. in Brazil or somewhere like that. Although that would be in Portuguese if it was in Brazil. But uh... well, yes, <laughs> and that is also my honourable mention for the Big Six. Oh yeah, it is. So yeah, no, it's. But see again, the Big Six. There were six songs. Four of them are ballads. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> So now that one, that one was just a lot, lot of fun, and uh, stood out as soon as I heard it. So yeah, that was that one. Um, didn't really find much on him, according to even the Eurovision website. All it really says is that he studied music as a child, 
uh, because of his parents' dedication to providing him with a bunch of instruments, even though he doesn't really consider himself to be musical or self-taught, which I found was interesting. But he was the frontman for a cover band called the Dalton Bang, which was a six-piece band. He formed it right out of high school. And the band was influenced by the mestizo Catalan scene, as well as soul, ska, reggae, and Latin pop. Wasn't able to find a whole lot of information about him, but it uh, doesn't matter. I like the song, and hopefully he does well. There was definitely a scar influence in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, let's go for my choice. Who are we when we hurt, when we fight for free? Only God can judge you and me. Ce qu'on est, on ne l'a pas choisi. So that was Bilal Hassani from France, which means king in French. Bilal Hassani is a singer-songwriter with uh, Moroccan heritage and uh, he's a social media star. The talented 19-year-old phenomenon won Destination Eurovision in Paris with 35% of the public vote, capturing a chance to represent his country in the 2019 Eurovision Song Contest. The song is a message of self-acceptance and hope. The song was written with Madame Monsieur, who represented France last year in Lisbon. Uh, the emotional lyric video accompanying the song has already, already been viewed by millions of viewers. The thing I like about this song is the way that it slips in and out of English and French, which, like last year, uh, the Madame Monsieur song, that also did the same. In the past, the French only sing in French. So it's really nice to hear the English and French slipping in and out. And strangely, when he's being interviewed, he does that as well. He actually talks that way. He slips in and out of French and English. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like that. It, it's quite a powerful song saying, you know, that I am who I am. You know, don't judge me. Mm. Um, I kind of like that. Yeah, that works. I guess all that's left then, since my final was your honorable mention, I guess all that's left is mine. Yeah. In periferia fa molto caldo, mamma stai tranquilla sto arrivando, te la prenderai per un bugiardo, ti sembrava amore ma era altro. Beve champagne sotto Ramadan, alla tv danno Jackie Chan, fuma narghile, mi chiede come va, 
Mi chiede come va, come va, come va, sai già come va, come va, come va. Penso più veloce per capire se domani tu mi fregherai. Non ho tempo per chiarire perché solo ora so cosa sei. Pensavi solo ai soldi, soldi Come se avessi avuto soldi, soldi Dimmi se ti manco te ne fotti, fotti Mi chiedevi come va, come va, come va Adesso come va, come va, come va So that was Italy's Choice, that's uh, Saldi by Mahmood. It's another one of those songs that stood out. I'm not going to say that I like the whole thing, but it stood out from what was a wash of power ballads, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it did have that you know, Mediterranean flair to it. I don't know. It, it it stood out for me. It's actually very popular in the uh, the, the Eurovision community. Um, yeah, I've heard. <laughs> Apparently, it's uh, it's a huge hit in Italy. It's certified platinum. Uh, reached the number one position in all of the Italian charts, and apparently it's also reached the Spotify Global Top 50. That's pretty impressive. So that's a popular song, but uh, Mahmoud himself, back in 2016, he took part in the Sanremo Music Festival with a song called uh, Dementica. Uh, A year later, he worked on another hit and co-wrote another album, and then last year, he got to take place in the Sanremo Festival again, so, I mean, and as you said, the song is big in Italy and obviously globally if it can hit the Spotify top 50. Yeah. It's got one hell of a heavy bass line on that. Yeah, it does. It does. It's generally not my kind of song, but it just stood out as something different. And as you said, with that bass line, yeah, <laughs> listen to that with a subwoofer and uh, you're going to blow your ears out. <laughs> yeah. So, that's the end of our picks for 2019 um for tel aviv who knows what's going to happen to be honest and who knows if i'm even going to be able to see it (laughs) i'd imagine there'll be a way around it some somehow well i mean what they did in previous years where they simply made it available on youtube yeah so hopefully that's the case this time as well you'd have thought so if if there isn't any official stream on american tv then uh you'd have thought that they would have lifted the block yeah. But we shall see. Yeah, I guess the real clue is uh, if I can watch the semifinals, because I know that the past two years I haven't even been able to watch those, which mm-hmm. is really stupid considering that those weren't aired over here. That at least gives me a little bit of time to quickly find a VPN company that can you know, go for a week or something, or, or find a VPN that has a week-long trial yeah. and abuse the privilege. There's plenty of those around, I would have thought. Yeah. One of the Eurovision fan sites, they had some banner advertising for some VPN services <laughs> if you you know, if you know couldn't watch if you couldn't watch Eurovision <laughs> in your country. It's like, oh, well, okay then. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I might have to take a look at that. Spanhead Productions are a small, independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now. Spamheadproductions.weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. 
So, John. Yes, sir. I think it's time we wrap things up. I believe it is. It's been an interesting uh, look at Eurovision for us. It's uh, always different for us than it is for most of Europe because we tend to choose things a little bit different than the the favourites. Let's put it that way, usually. I haven't actually heard anything about who is favourite this year. Um, not like last year because the Israeli track seemed to be popular right from the word go and sure enough won the competition so and sure enough that song was not meant for people like us <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how it goes this year and uh it's going to be eventful i think eurovision is always eventful <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens i wish they had a bit more variety in the genres but you know what can you do so once again, John, it's a pleasure having you on the Garbage Pod. Always fun to be one of the few Yankees who actually appreciate Eurovision. <laughs> and uh, everybody out there, thanks for listening. We will speak to you all again real soon, hopefully. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of The Garbage Pod. Be sure to visit thegarbagepod.weebly.com for the show notes for this or any other episode. Just look for the relevant tab on the menu. Let us know what you think of the show. Send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com Because Your input is our output. Or you can use the social media icons at the top of the page that include Twitter and Facebook. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. Don't forget to rate and review us. You can find links on all our podcast pages. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. The Garbage Pod is a Spamhead production.